KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning, I'm Tebby Cruz. It's Tuesday, January 9th. More pay for construction workers in the South Bay. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The City of San Diego is holding a series of public forums this month to learn what San Diegans want in their next chief of police. The current chief, David Nislight, is stepping down in June. Community activist Tasha Williamson has been a longtime critic of the department and says she will attend all nine community meetings. She told us what she'd like to see in the next chief. I think we want a chief who is going to represent transparency, equity, and justice, not just in our community, but inside their own department. The first forum was held last night. The next forum is at 6 p.m. on Thursday at the Mary Star of the Sea Church in La Jolla. It's going to be freezing in parts of the county this morning. The National Weather Service put out a frost advisory for the valley and desert areas through 9 a.m. Temperatures could drop into the low to mid-30s. But the extra cold weather won't last past the morning. Temps in the inland valleys and deserts will be in the low 60s. By the coast, temps will be in the high 50s. And in the mountains, it'll be in the high 40s. Forecasters say there's a chance of rain and fast winds starting tomorrow night. The Old Point Loma Lighthouse at Cabrillo National Monument will be closed through next Thursday for restoration work. The lighthouse was originally constructed in 1855. The repair work includes painting the interior and other minor repairs to protect the walls from the damp coastal environment. Workers at the Cabrillo National Monument say the project is a way to preserve the national treasure. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Construction workers' unions made big gains in the South Bay last year. Reporter Corey Suzuki says the shift came during a year of labor victories nationwide. Some called it the year of the union. In 2023, more than half a million workers went on strike across the country. Airline pilots, auto workers, nurses, and delivery drivers all won stronger contracts. In the South Bay, it was construction workers who made some of the most significant gains. National City and Chula Vista both passed new laws supporting project labor agreements, deals that will require more union workers on big construction projects that get public funding. Organizers say the South Bay has some of the highest rates of union membership in San Diego County. 
Ricardo Sanchez represents the local carpenters union and spoke at the National City City Council in November. It's just having a better job, wages, and benefits for anybody that they deserve. Everybody deserves to live good and at the end of the day, enjoy their retirement. The new laws faced some opposition in Chula Vista. Mayor John McCann voted against the city's ordinance. He worried it could make it harder to build affordable housing. We are in a a housing crisis, and we need to make sure that we're decreasing as much as possible to make sure that people can realistically live in the city of Chula Vista. Chula Vista is still negotiating the final terms of its agreement with the county's construction unions. Corey Suzuki, KPBS News. A new state law aims to increase safety at intersections by using a method called daylighting. But Metro reporter Angie Bowen says it's unclear whether the city of San Diego will enforce the law. It's early morning outside Garfield Elementary School in North Park. Parents are walking their kids to school, and many of them look nervous as they cross the street. Cars are parked right up next to the crosswalks, and that can make it hard for drivers to see what's coming. If we're going to keep everyone safe, we're going to need to daylight the intersection to create that clear visibility. Jason Vance lives in the neighborhood and is eager for San Diego to implement AB 413. The law took effect on January 1st, prohibiting parking within 20 feet of a crosswalk. That gives drivers a much wider view as they approach intersections. Still, any law is only as good as its enforcement, and Vance says the police seem uninterested in enforcing existing laws that prohibit unsafe parking within crosswalks or bike lanes. So this daylighting bill, I'm a bit nervous that the city isn't going to take it seriously. Not to mention, most of these curbs haven't actually been painted red yet. They actually need to be painted red, which would complete the daylighting, but we'll have to actually push the city to make these changes. A city spokesman said the Transportation Department is assessing what resources it will need to implement the law. SDPD did not respond to questions about whether it has a plan for enforcing the law or educating drivers on the new rules. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. Millions of bees held in a San Diego sanctuary died suddenly last fall in the county, and at first, no one was sure why. Reporter Jacob Ayer says now there are some answers. Roughly 3 million honeybees died at the San Diego Bee Sanctuary over a few days last September. Now, the San Diego County Department of Agriculture says the bees tested positive for a toxic dosage of fipronil, a chemical usually used to control insects like ants and termites but the source of the chemical is unknown. Paul Gunn is co-owner of the sanctuary. It's kind of nice to know what it was. Um, It's nice to not think that it was a neighboring farm, I guess. While the investigation is closed, Gunn says they plan on growing their bee population back over the coming year and expanding to new sites across the county. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. If you drive east to the end of the 125, you'll probably see the mushroom-shaped water tower painted with silvery clouds. The site-specific sculpture was commissioned in the mid-1990s. Arts reporter Beth Alcamando revisits the public art piece and its controversy. Public art 
can cause controversy, especially when it's 150 feet tall and overlooks a suburban neighborhood. For some people, it is the most unwelcome of neighbors. It's inherently ugly. It's really an unforgivable monstrosity. It is a rust bucket in no uncertain terms. A monstrous blight on our environment. Back in the 1990s, that was some of the community reaction to the Helix and Padre Dam Municipal Water District's mushroom-shaped water tower and its shiny clouds. News stations were quick to highlight the negative comments, but failed to provide any context. It's big, and you see the clouds that are up there along the rim? That was an art project by Grossman College art student. Oh. Well, not really. That was meant to be dismissive. Artist Jim Wilsterman designed the site-specific sculpture for the water tower. I did put my students out front because they're the ones who are doing the hard work and labor. But to not even talk about what the project was and what it meant and why it was being built just sort of seems like it was a fluff piece to put on the news. But the stainless steel cumulus clouds encircling the brown water tower were not merely decorative. Water has always been an important issue to Wilsterman, and he wanted to remind people where our water comes from, whether it's clouds bringing rain or a water tower. People here, they see green, they see lawns, they see trees. They think this is the way things are. A decade or two later, here we are with a water shortage. That's what this was about, to try to make people think about where our water comes from. Helix Water District agreed, says Director of Engineering Timothy Ross. We knew this tank was going to be seen for miles and miles around, and so we wanted to make it a feature and not a distraction from the environment. And so one of the reasons we decided to engage an artist on this project and make a public art piece is because this really is a unique tank for our system. I personally really think it's a very creative and I think this tank is unique, it was meant to be unique. Unique in that it's two tanks in one, using hydraulics to serve two water districts, and it was designed to never need exterior maintenance. What it's doing is it's oxidizing the exterior and this tank will never need to be recoded or maintained over the next two centuries that it's actually going to be, going to be in service. So it's, it's a very practical application, but we also thought there's an opportunity to make it a feature and break up all that big brown metal with something that stands out. Wilsterman suggested a trio of designs that were pitched to the community. Residents overwhelmingly chose the clouds. Wilsterman explains that the clouds, some as big as 14 by 35 feet, were then constructed out of stainless steel. To do the finish, we took the stainless steel and we brushed it to get the optical illusion that there's three-dimensional billows, then overlaid that with perforated stainless steel, which creates kind of a shadow effect. The intent is that the closer you get, the more three-dimensional and beautifully detailed they become. Wilsterman weathered a lot of criticism for his art, but feels vindicated by the kids who grew up in the neighborhood and ended up at nearby Grossmont College where he taught. And when they found out that I was the artist that did that, they were like, that was the coolest thing that ever happened to my neighborhood when I was growing up because it like stimulated my imagination. I wanted to know why it was there. It reminded me of the clouds over the mountains, which is basically what we were trying to, the story we were trying to tell. And sometimes we just go up there just to look at them. The next time you see that huge brown mushroom-shaped water tower, think about both what a marvel of engineering it is and what the art is trying to convey about who we are and where we live. Beth Agamondo, KPBS News. 
That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Tomorrow, I'll be speaking with our KPBS education reporter about the changes to the FAFSA application process and some new laws when it comes to college tuition. Plus, as always, we'll have the day's top stories. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.